On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Allstate Insurance Agent Mike Light, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. The Newman Jets women's soccer team is back in action this week. Their record is level 1-1-1 after a 0-0 draw against Fort Hayes State last time out on Sunday in Hayes. They return to action Friday. They'll be at the Striker Soccer Complex this week. And joining me is the head women's soccer coach here at Newman University. Still awaiting his first real season as the coach, but he's getting a season in now here in the spring. And always looking forward to the fall, though. Jay Holmes, soccer coach here at Newman University here on episode 39 of the JetCast. Coach, welcome back into the show. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Blake. Well, I know that for a lot of people, they're trying to figure out you know, women's soccer, men's soccer, not really on the same page in terms of what's happening this spring. So first of all here, looking at you and just your program that you're trying to get implemented here, how is this for a new normal that hopefully will never happen again where you will be playing a season here in the in the spring rather than spring training? How is this 2020 fall season in the spring of 2021 going for you guys? Well, it's certainly not normal. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. And, but I, I think I was fortunate to have the fall to get to know to get to know these kids, and um, you know, and how they're able to compete and and perform, and and on a personal level as well. And and I think that really served me well. Although I'm certain certainly that they wanted to play last oh, fall. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it served me well. It gave me an opportunity to get to know them and prepare for the spring season. Well, and, and I mentioned that this is your first season, still looking toward your first official season with stats and records as the women's soccer coach. How much of a benefit do you feel it was to not just have that entire fall time where you were able to do some training to, to get to know players, try to figure out what player is going to be best in what role, but also to have these games this year. And I know that you guys would have some spring scrimmages and, and spring soccer. That's a thing that you do every year, but you know, to play, a little bit more meaningful games, even if they aren't toward a championship for a conference or getting to the NCAAs, how valuable is this spring schedule going to be for you as you get set for getting the girls wrapped up and and ready to go for August and September when the fall schedule of the MIAA hits you? You know, it's, it's valuable for two different sets of players, in my opinion. One is the seniors that are about to graduate. You know, gives them an opportunity to have some games before they before they leave the the program, and, and certainly it's an opportunity for me to to get the team ready uh, to springboard into the next fall season. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time trying to schedule games. Uh, the MIAA gave us a set course of games that we're going to play, and our conference play begins April first against UNK here at home at Stryker. Uh, but it also allowed us to schedule four additional games in March. Uh, to prepare for that that mini conference schedule 
that uh, begins on April 1st. So the uh, the women's soccer team, obviously, if you've been paying attention, you remember last week on the JetCast, we talked men's soccer. And we were talking about men's soccer, working toward a great American conference championship. And people might be confused because you guys are not playing toward a conference championship in the MIAA. So the MIAA and the Great American Conference have kind of banded together, and the Great American is the one that is administering men's soccer, but the MIAA is administering women's soccer, and the decision was made that the conference was not going to have a conference championship in the MIAA, that the games and records and stats would not be kept, which is the reverse of what's happening for the men. Is that a decision that you're okay with? Were you frustrated by it? Would you have rather seen you know, this be a a regulation schedule with standings and a conference championship? Yeah, I think, I think that was the argument that most of the coaches made uh, earlier in the year was to make an attempt to have a formal soccer season. Sure. Uh, So, you know, certainly we we were disappointed that we weren't able to achieve that, uh, but are grateful that we're still able to have a season. Sure. Uh, you know, because there's some teams that are not playing, and there were teams that I tried to schedule preseason games with that their schools just wouldn't allow, their universities wouldn't allow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no, luckily Newman is one of the universities that is going forward with participation. Defensively, in three matches this year, you've given up a grand total of uh, one goal, so that sounds pretty good. How happy are you with how the defense has been playing? You know, I, I, I think the defense is it, it's solid. And we have some we have some good leadership in the back. We have a captain in Kara Butler that's done a good job of of helping put that defense together. And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of the effort that they've put forth this far in the season. Obviously, you'd like to have a few more goals, a few more balls in the back of the net. Offensively, mm-hmm. what are the things that you've been working on with this team? You know, we need to just improve our quality in the final third. Uh, you know, our execution on set pieces have been have been okay. Uh, but we've certainly put ourselves in positions to put the ball in the back of the net and just haven't had that quality in the offensive third to do it. So you're talking about when you say offensive third, for people who may not be as familiar with soccer parlance, you're talking about that last third of the field right there around the, the, the goal box. Yes, around, in and around the penalty area yeah. to, to try and put the ball in the back of the net. Jay Holmes is with me, women's soccer coach. We're going to hear from a women's soccer redshirt senior, Caitlin Davis, a midfielder from Colleen, Texas, coming up, and also John Kofel, first baseman with a big power surge off the baseball team. Those two are, you're going to hear from next here on the JetCast. Who are some other players that you're excited about? And talk to, to us a little bit about our next guest, Caitlin Davis, and, and what she's meant to your midfield. You know, Caitlin Davis, is, in my opinion, is just really one of those glue-type players that helps us transition out of the back and up top and just has plays with such skill and tenacity in there. Uh, when you see her, she, she's not the most physical, tallest player on the sure. pitch. But she is one of the hardest-working and skillful players that, that you'll see. And uh, has brought that leadership role into the team and, and has just done a great job of solidifying our midfield. R.J. Allen talks to me a lot in basketball about how he feels like the transition play going, not necessarily offense or defense, but the transition from defense to offense or offense to defense, those two is the most difficult part about the game of basketball. How important do you feel like the transition game is in a game like soccer where you've got 
a lot more players, but a lot more wide open field to contend with. How do you feel like the transition game impacts soccer and how important is it? Uh, it's, it's essential, you know, especially when we're trying to bring the ball out of the back and get the ball to our forwards. You can't always skip a level and play long sure. balls into your, into your runners up top. You have to transition through the midfield. And if you don't have effective play in that area, then you're constantly under pressure in the defensive third. And, uh, you know, certainly Caitlin and McKenna Schroeder, who's another senior, um, you know, they've, they've helped kind of lock down that midfield play for us and allowed us to be, have some success in transitioning in the offensive third. Obviously, this time right now is very critical for you in terms of being able to figure out who's going to be playing where. But it's also, I would think, a great time to look at some of your young talent that you have. The players right now that are kind of getting to play a pseudo season for mm-hmm. free who are still going to be freshmen this fall. How important has this been to developing your younger talent and, and developing the future of your Newman Jets that are going to be with you for the next three, four, or five years? So I have a, a couple of freshmen, one that's, that has started all three games, Yasmin Puntes, who has uh, played in that midfield role with, with Caitlin Davis, CD, Caitlin Davis and McKenna Schroeder and uh, McKenzie Shea that has come off the bench and has played uh, in the midfield area and, and McKenzie just graduated from high school in the fall and came and came this spring so so glad that she's part of our program and, and taking advantage of this extra semester to get her body in a good in good shape physically and conditioning wise to prepare herself for better things in the future now obviously unfortunately for the newman women's soccer team there are not going to be any championships no all conference teams i'm not aware of from the miaa not keeping stats nothing going to be official records but that doesn't mean that the newman women's soccer team hasn't won some awards and in fact you've brought one here today as the team won an miaa uh, team uh, academic award actually that's from the united soccer coaches uh so obviously while you guys have not been allowed to have any achievements on the field because of this pandemic uh, you guys are still getting some achievement done in the classroom aren't you yeah i you know i i brought this out yesterday we just received it last week and and shared it with the team and talked about their how important their field is on the play their work on and contributions are on the field but just wanted to let them know how much i appreciate the time and effort that they put in the classroom as well uh, this united soccer coaches team academic award that they received from united states soccer soccer coaches association is just exemplary i mean this is this is a team award that uh for uh collegiate teams across the country that have maintained a 3.5 wow. or higher well, and you as guys, a team and you guys know from when the newman jets were in the heartland conference newman has an athletic program dominated in uh, academic athletic awards in terms of GPA won something like I think seven six or seven Heartland Conference academic awards in a row so uh, that's nothing new for Newman obviously it's continuing with the women's soccer team with Coach Holmes into the MIAA so next up for you guys on the schedule uh, I got Emporia State down Friday at seven o'clock you mentioned that the the official MIAA slate doesn't start until Nebraska Kearney but obviously I'm getting to see the Lady Hornets coming up is a team that you're going to have to contend with in the MIAA. So what are you looking forward to seeing from Emporia State on Friday? And once again, that is going to be here in Wichita at the Strikers for, uh, Striker Soccer Complex. Right. Um, Emporia State's going to, going to be a formidable team. They played OCU in, in, uh, on Saturday, beat them 4-1. to one. And OCU is usually a, a pretty per, it's a perennial powerhouse in, in, in women's soccer. And for ESU to go down there and get a victory... 
especially with that degree of separation, four to one, it yeah. speaks to the quality of team that Coach Saylor has at Emporia State. Uh, looking forward to competing against some of my Mays, former Mays kids that are yeah. that are playing in Emporia State uh, this Friday and and seeing them. But I, you know, I, I like my team. I like how we're organized defensively. We can do some things. Uh, a little more creatively in the offensive third and on some of our execution on set pieces. I, I think that we'll have a good performance Friday night. Last question for you. You've got about a month and a half left of this soccer season. What are your goals? When, you know, I've asked this a couple of times. Okay, you know, the, the, the schedule season canceled. What do you want to get out of this time in the fall? Well, now we're in the spring. Where do you want this program to be after the spring season is done to get set for kicking the ball off here in the, the fall this season and, and hopefully actually getting to have that first regular season as the Newman head coach? What do you want to be after the spring season? Yeah, you know, I, I, th- I think records and, and records are less important to me than uh, kind of having a consistent approach to each and every game. Uh, you know, the, we've we've improved upon every game. I want us to continue to improve on performances. We've given a lot of uh, student athletes an opportunity to play. I personally, I just want to be in a position to where I can identify a solid 17, 18 kids that that are going to be able to contribute game in, game out, come next fall and try and combine that with the recruits that we have coming in. Once again, that next match is against Emporia State, 7 o'clock on Friday at the Stryker Soccer Complex here in Wichita. We're looking forward to getting soccer back at Wilkins Field coming up this fall, hopefully, for a fantastic fall season. As you finally get that first season under your belt, Jay Holmes, women's soccer coach here at Newman University. Thanks so much again. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Blake. Appreciate it. We have got another soccer player coming up, a redshirt senior off this Jet team. Caitlin Davis out of Texas is coming up next on the JetCast. Fact is, every insurance company hopes you drive safely. But Allstate actually helps you drive safely with DriveWise. It lets you know when you go too fast and break too hard with feedback to help you drive safer giving you the power to actually lower your cost unfortunately you can't do anything about that now that you know the truth are you in good hands check out your all-state agent here in wichita mike light at 316-684-0121 you are a business owner every day you concern yourself with trying to grow revenue increase margins manage cash flow live within compliance maintain staff understand health care raise capital satisfy customers with all of this on your plate you haven't even noticed your parking lot your parking lot says a lot about your business and south central ceiling and paving gives your parking lot a voice let south central ceiling and paving take your parking lot off your plate start now at scceiling.com south central ceiling and paving Continuing our women's soccer talk here on the JetCast, joined now by a redshirt senior midfielder from Texas, Caitlin Davis. 11 matches she started for the Jets back in 2019. Obviously, trying to get things started here in the 2021 fall 2020 replacement mess of a season that the Jets are being forced to have. 1-1-1 one, one, and one, uh, to start the year in their first three matches. Caitlin Davis joining me. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Well, obviously losing the 2020 season, you're the first women's soccer player I think we've had on since this whole thing started. So I know that hopefully we're on the bright side of this and looking forward toward a brighter future where we can get these things off and get back to normal but 
How difficult was that to, to go through that kind of a period and have such a long waiting period for you as a fall sports player to, to try to find out, are you going to be allowed to play? Are you not going to be allowed to play? And then obviously getting the disappointing news that you guys were not going to be able to have that 2020 season. Uh, yeah, it was very difficult. I mean, I was finishing up, wrapping up my nursing, uh, the nursing program. So graduated with that degree in 2020. I was already planning on playing in the fall. So we trained hard um, during the summer. Um, it was just a lot of unknowns really in the springtime but when the fall came around we were all so excited and then it was shut down so but I think what kept us going was I don't know our new coach Jay Holmes he's awesome and all the girls on the team I mean every practice we still trained really hard and I think that's what kept our mentality up. Do you feel like that adversity helped you guys come together and kind of grow as a team? Definitely yeah I would definitely say so. This spring season in what ways do you want this growth to continue now that you the over the adversity that you overcame and now a chance to play a schedule not that it's a full schedule that you wanted but Mm -hmm. it's at least an opportunity to go out you know you put on the uniform play against somebody else that doesn't say Newman across the chest how do you feel like this is going to help the team continue to grow as coach Holmes tries to keep this program at the level it was at which was competing Mm -hmm. before conference tournament appearances uh, that it had been for the last five or six years you guys have been in the mix in the Heartland Conference and the MIAA how much how important do you think the spring season is in, in the context of those thoughts I think this spring is crucial because it gives us a chance. Yes, it doesn't count. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it's not a full season, but I think it's important to still play every game as it were because it's going to build a foundation for us coming in the fall and the next season. So you've been around for a while. So you've seen the transition from Heartland Conference. You were on some of those fantastic Heartland Conference teams that the Jets had. You were on the uh, seven six I think it was seven six and six MIAA team back in mm-hmm. 2019 and so now yeah now you've lived through the pandemic as well uh, in your mind where do you feel like the program is right now and, and how is the team looking in this spring season so every year has definitely I feel like our team has grown stronger with the players leaving and coming in um, last year we were a super super young team this year still a young team but we have a good mix of young and returners um, I think that um, this season's looking pretty good for us. I mean, every game, the competition has increased, but we have, like, increased our physicality, increased just – we've gotten better with each game, I feel like, and that's what's been super exciting about it. Outside of the travel, which obviously that's the biggest difference between the Heartland and the MIAA, mm-hmm. how do you feel like the competition stacks up between those old Heartland Conference teams that you used to play mm-hmm. and the teams you face now in the MIAA? I think the competition is either the same, if not harder. I mean, we just played Fort Hayes, super physical game, and I would compare that to playing Dallas Baptist and those other teams in the Heartland Conference. Obviously, in most sports, there is a, an avenue to get out of a tie. In soccer, you know, I'm not sure if you guys go to penalty kicks or not, but um, draws do happen in soccer. Mm-hmm. Is it How does it feel when you're at the end of a game, you've played a really tough team, Fort Hayes State was supposed to be in the top 25 in that 2020 season. They would have been ranked in that mm-hmm. season if it had not been canceled. So they were one of the favorites to win the MIW. 
NCAA that year. But when you tie against a team like that, does it seem unfulfilled? Are you able to, to draw the, some positive feelings? It's not quite a win, but against a team like that, I know that playing them that tough is an achievement in and of itself. Right. I mean, ending that game on a tie was... It didn't feel like a loss, but it kind of did because we worked so hard and there were opportunities that we didn't capitalize on. But I didn't I didn't realize they were the top 25. So knowing that now makes me feel, feel a little bit better. Yeah, they were they were yeah. going to be in the top 25 in 2020 had that season yeah. been allowed to, to continue. Yeah. Uh, what's it like being, you know, you've, you've transitioned through a couple of coaches here. Yeah. What's it like with Coach Holmes here as, as a redshirt senior coming in at the tail end of your career mm-hmm. and trying to help him build and, and keep Newman soccer where it's been at? Uh. Coach Holmes is awesome. Um, he's brought a lot of energy to this program since he, day one of practice in August. He uh, is just a great new start, I think, with the team. And I know, again, it was a lot of unknowns. We were, like, scared because we didn't have a season. But with him, he's brought so much energy. And every practice is really fun to look forward to. As a midfielder on this team, what do you feel like you need to work on with your own game to help this team continue to develop? I have a lot of things to work on. Um, I feel like one of the most important things I need to do is just get more involved with set pieces and the play on the attacking and then also coming back and defending, which is primarily like in the center mid, you're attacking and defending the whole time. So transitioning faster. Well, he talked about how important that transition game has been and how good you guys have been on the defensive end in three matches, only allowing one goal. Hard to do much better than that. But he said that you guys on the offensive third have gotten the right looks but you just haven't been able to finish and get as many balls in the back of the net as you need to to be in the top tier of the MIAA. What do you feel like the team needs to work on to try to get a few more goals in these close games when your defense is playing so well? Right. I think that we need to work on – we do great – what Coach Holmes told us this yesterday. We do, we do great, like, connecting those first few passes, but it's that final pass that matters the most, and that's what we're not doing well. So just connecting that final piece, people knowing, like – like what to do on that last set. I don't know. Just thinking ahead of those passes that are happening. Final question for you. The Emporia State Lady Hornets coming up on Friday for you, 7 o'clock. And Coach Holmes said that he's uh, pretty impressed by this Lady Hornet team. Uh, what are you looking forward to to play ESU when they come down here to Wichita over at Stryker on Friday? I'm looking forward for a win. Okay. <laughs> some goals. Yep. I'm ready for this. Okay. Yeah. Caitlin Davis of the women's soccer team looking for an MIAA win coming up on Friday. Once again, that match is at the Striker Soccer Complex. You can follow all the action, newmanjets.com, for the latest schedule updates for women's soccer. Caitlin Davis, the senior out of Texas on the midfield. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. John Kofel, first baseman off the baseball team, is coming up next as we wrap up the Jets. Great performances on the court do not happen without great support off the court. That's why Newman Athletics is excited to announce the opening of its new Aviator Club. We invite you to join us in the important mission of supporting the Jets. You can make a huge difference in the lives of our 300 student-athletes by signing up for one of the four club levels. Becoming a member is easy and will have a great impact on Newman Athletic Facilities, recruiting, and more. Plus, memberships come with privileges like game passes, discounts at the new online jet store, special events, and much, much more. So join today by clicking on the Aviator Club on our website, newmanjets.com. And as always, 
Thanks for your support of Newman University Athletics. Thank you to Don Lear Construction, proud supporter of Newman Athletics. Wrapping up the Newman Jetcast this week, talking a little baseball. Baseball team back in action, the MIAA home opener at McCarthy Field coming up on Friday and Saturday, three-game series against Missouri Western this week. We're joined now by a junior first baseman from Colorado, John Kofel, as the Newman Jets salvaged the three-game series, winning game three last Friday, 17-13 at Northeastern State in 13 innings. Baseball 2-6, and six, they got the conference opener, the Griffins on Friday and Saturday. That first pitch on Friday is at 2 o'clock here in Wichita at McCarthy Field on campus. John Kofel had a bit of a power surge in that last series with a couple of home runs, and we'll talk with him about that. Hitting 438 in six games played this year with three home runs in 16 at-bats. So that's a pretty explosive start, John. Thanks for the time, first of all. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, five for 10 against Northeastern State with five runs. You had two dingers, five runs driven in. Obviously, you'd like to do that every series, <laughs> but uh, how good was it to get that done against the Riverhawks in, in your last series? Yeah, it was good. Um, uh, the first you know, couple games, uh, we didn't really play as good as we would have liked to, obviously. We had a late um, kind of scoring at the end of that second game there and almost came back, ended up only losing by a couple runs. So, uh, I mean, just competing with them the first day, we knew that we, like, had the skills and capabilities to beat them. So we kind of came out that third day fired up and ready to go and um, left it all out there and, I mean, just stuck with the approach. And it was just a good day. The ball was looking nice. So Well, you, you mentioned that you guys in, in the first few games of the season had not really gotten off to the start that you wanted. And you guys had had more than your fair share of coronavirus mm-hmm. quarantines. How much do you feel like that went into not getting off to the type of start that you guys would have liked to have had to begin this season? Sure, yeah. I think it might have... Uh, had a little bit of an effect. Obviously, we got pushed back, you know, three weeks and then opening up against UCM for our first not, series. Was... <laughs> Top 25 mules, by the way. Uh, yeah, that was not, not the easiest way to start the season. Yeah, not the easiest way. So, you know, you kind of have some of the first game jitters and, you know, we haven't really played collectively against another team. Sometimes, usually we'll scrimmage a couple other teams, you know, before we even start playing our regular games or get some non-conference games in there. So jumping in the first series against UCM was kind of tough. And I think we had to figure some things out a little bit. And we still played uh, pretty well in uh, some of those games, I think. But I think we're definitely starting to come more together, gel together as a team overall. Obviously, when you're hitting home runs the way that you did in in that last Northeastern State game, there's always a danger because you don't want to try. I mean, I guess there are some guys that are good enough, and they go (laughs) to the plate, and they're like, okay, I'm just going to try to hit a home run. I I don't know how that works for you, but how do you try to stay consistent and and stay natural at the plate and kind of let the game come to you? Yeah, good question. (laughs) I think that kind of goes along with some of the – things uh, we've been working on like coach mouse has been talking to us a lot about um refocusing you know every game every pitch like every like every single like pitch really uh kind of working on what your approach is at that point and i mean i've always been uh, a little bit you know like bigger and stronger so i've had power capability but my approach for the most part is mostly the way my swings built is just trying to drive balls hard with uh no strikes or one strike 
and then when I get to two strikes, kind of widen out and shorten up and just trying to put the barrel on the ball. But, um, yeah, just kind of sticking with the approach and trusting the swing and trusting the process and always just trying to hit the ball hard, whether that end up being a home run or just even a hard single up the middle, whatever it is, trying to hit the ball hard. Mr. Kofel joining us, first baseman on this Newman Jets baseball team. John and the Jets once again are next in action coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday at McCarthy Field. And there are walk-up tickets available for a lot of these baseball games because the venue is outdoors. We're able to accommodate a lot more people at the actual game, even with coronavirus protocols. So do check NewmanJets.com and, and give the Jets a call if you've got ticket questions because they'd love to see you out there. Defensively for you guys, it's been an area where the Jets have struggled at times in certain games in terms of fielding percentage. What do you feel like you need to work on to be the best first baseman that you can be? Uh, for me, <laughs> probably just uh, my you know picking ability, I guess. It's always nice, I know, um, for the uh, second base, shortstop, third base, when they know basically anything they throw over there, I can catch, whether it's all, you know, wherever around. I think I've definitely gotten a lot better at it in the previous years, but definitely that's what I need to work on is so that all they have to worry about is feeling it and throwing it over there, and I can pick them up on anything. You know, we, we talk about baseball so much, and for so many positions, so many players, you know, the whether or not they get in the game is based on whether they can hit the ball or not. Mm-hmm. But how big of a momentum swing is it for a team when you can maybe get an out that you shouldn't get, when mm-hmm. you get a bad throw, when you complete a, a double play where the throw from second, maybe maybe the runner does a good job trying to slide in and take out the second baseman. How much momentum do you feel like the team gets when you're able to get that pick and maybe get a double play or a big third out that, that should, should have been an error, but you're able to get that out instead of get back to the plate and, and start swinging again. <laughs> That's definitely a momentum changer. Uh, Coach Mouse talks a lot about the synergy, like the energy uh, we have on defense carries over to offense, and so definitely picking a ball on a double play like that to get out of the inning, I think, will fire everybody up. So it's definitely something I've been working on. Hopefully what, get better. What's the transition been like for you coaching, uh, you know, being coached by Coach Ealing and uh, obviously still working with Coach Ealing, still being on campus, but then mm-hmm. making the transition to Coach Mouse? Uh, it's been interesting. I mean, they have a lot of uh, similar um, kind of ideals and teachings and things, and then some things are different the way they run things. Um, but, yeah, no, I've loved uh, Coach Mouse a lot. He, they both, what I like about them both is they both had a focus on not necessarily even just how we play baseball, but first off just being, like, good men and how to um, go about life in general because baseball only lasts, you know, for the years that you're here and everything. And so I think having that base, and then we kind of translate that into baseball and the classroom and all over is the favorite thing I like about both of them. But Well, you're still a junior in standing. Does it? You've been here for a while, though, and obviously with the coronavirus, you know, that's kind of a free season that you didn't get to play last year as you guys only got 13 or so games in. Does it kind of feel like you, you're a senior leader on this team to you? Uh, I feel like I am, and I'm not. Do the seniors agree? <laughs> <laughs> I think they. I'm, I'm not quite as much of a vocal leader as maybe like Devin Beard, for instance. He's a big kind of influential vocal kind of guy. Um, I'm always kind of just, uh, you know, I know they say I kind of try to lead by example. Some people say that's not really necessarily leading, but I just kind of try to, you know. Um, maybe mentor people like not as vocally usually I could probably work on being more vocal but um, just 
doing all the little things right and uh, setting a good example for the younger guys. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we had Devin Beard on the show earlier. And uh, Colin, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe the last time that we had a baseball player on the show, there was something about some some clear lens glasses that I think <laughs> Devin wears. Do, can you can you explain these? Because I, I, I remember that uh, Coach Mouse wanted me to ask him about those. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, apparently, maybe Coach Mouse isn't quite a, a big a fan of them as <laughs> as Devin is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I've definitely seen them uh, wear them around before. I don't know if it's just a you know fashion statement, or I don't know if they're prescription or what. I mean, I think they look pretty good. I don't know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> He's a pretty stylish dude overall. I'm not gonna lie. I'll give it to him. Wow. But. Okay. <laughs> uh, would anybody else on your team agree with that? <laughs> yeah. I think they like to give them a hard time, but I think they would agree <laughs> overall, yeah. Okay, well, so you're getting some props on this show here. Final question for you. Missouri Western coming in. The Griffins are 3-11, and 2-7 and seven in the MIAA. What do you expect to see out of them, and what do you expect out of yourself in this three-game series coming up on Friday and Saturday? Sure. Um, as far as what I expect out of them, um, I guess every team in the conference is talented in the MIAA. It's a whole uh, different, you know, it's really a whole different thing than the Heartland Conference whenever we were in there. And so going into each series, personally, I don't really try to look a whole lot at the record and the statistics and everything. I just try to go into each game, and like Coach Mouse said, you know, each game, each day, each pitch, focus on your approach right then and what it is. Um, each pitcher is different, obviously. Each count is different. And no matter what the record is or what, you know, their stats are or whatever, uh, you just got to play each individual thing on its own. You know, thing, and then out of myself, obviously, uh, just keep you know trusting the process and swinging it, and see what happens. Well, we will see what happens. Just going for their first series victory of the season coming up on Friday and Saturday. Once again, that first pitch against the Griffins on Friday at McCarthy Field will be two o'clock, and then a doubleheader is scheduled for Saturday. NewmanJets.com for all the updates from Colorado. Junior first baseman John Kofel joining us on the JetCast. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, thank you. That is our show for this week. Once again, we post these 6 o'clock every single Wednesday, unless we have something on the Newman Jets Audio Network. We may have some Audio Network broadcasts of baseball coming up, but every Wednesday at 6 p.m., all your favorite platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, you can watch on Facebook and the Newman Jets YouTube channel. So check it out. Like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate it. So until then, until next time, Blake Crooks, Go Jets.